Chapter 7 of The Adventures of Diggledy Dan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Diggledy Dan by Edwin P. Norwood. Chapter 7 In Which the Animals Meet with a Disappointment and a Story is Begun. Now, had the sleepers who slept so soundly at the foot of the big blue poles in the great menagerie tent suddenly wakened at a little after half-past twilight on the evening following that which saw the balloons go sailing over the hill, they no doubt would have rubbed their eyes, pinched themselves, and then exclaimed, Well, of all things, wherever can those animals be? But of course they did nothing of the kind, for the very good reason that not a single one of them so much as opened one eye. Though if they had, where do you suppose they would have found all their charges? Away over behind the red and gold cages. Yes, there they stood, side by side in a row, their noses pressed close against the west wall of the tent, looking for all the world like so many catchers in a game of hide-and-go-seek. And Diggledy Dan was there, too. All had found peepholes in the canvas, and through these they peered eagerly in the direction of Sunset House. They were watching for the lady with the blue, blue eyes. Everyone to his place, Lion had commanded, when the merry crew had been loosed but a few minutes before. And then we will see who will be the first to catch a glimpse of the one who will ride out of the west. Not a word from a soul until she comes into view. At first it was fun, but as the minutes dragged by and no movement was seen, the watchers began to grow restless. Seals started to twist and to turn. Next, Puma's tail was seen to curl and to wave, while Zebra switched his with quick little jerks. Then Hippo heaved a great sigh that must surely have been heard a whole mile away. Finally, Monkey, who was never known to keep entirely quiet, could stand it no longer. Lion, he whispered. No answer. Lion, repeated Monkey. Well, what is it, answered Lion at last from his place near the middle of the line. I... I don't want to watch any longer. Have patience and be quiet, sir, ordered Lion. So the watch went on. A minute passed, and another, and another. Then something went bang. What was that? demanded Lion. I, I was standing on my tail and, and went to sleep, answered Kangaroo in a very sheepish voice. I, I fell down and bumped my head against Rhino's cage. And it was newly varnished but yesterday, muttered Rhino. Then Monkey giggled, and that set Hyena to laughing until the tears rolled down his cheeks. Even Lion was obliged to smile, though a moment later his face took on a very serious look. Perhaps we have waited long enough, he admitted rather sadly. I fear something must have happened. What do you think, Diggledy Dan? I don't know just what to say, Lion, answered Dan. You see, I was quite sure the pretty lady made her home in the West. It is all my fault. I am very sorry. There, there, said Lion as he placed a paw on the old clown's shoulder. Surely none of us would think of blaming you, Dan. So come, he called out to the rest. Let us go to the center of the tent, for we will watch no longer today. Once they knew they might leave their places, the animals were less eager to do so for they suddenly realized how disappointed they were now that they were not to see the pretty lady with the blue, blue eyes. Now began Lion, after all had been seated and doing his best to speak gaily, I suggest that we... 
But what it was Lion had in mind, no one ever came to know. For just at that moment, he was interrupted by a pattering shower of silvery rain. The shimmery flecks fell everywhere, round the animals on their heads and on their backs. What in the world is this? exclaimed Lion. Why, they're spangles, cried Elephant, who had picked up some of the bits with the tip of his trunk. Spangles, sure enough, agreed Diggledy Dan, though I never saw any as bright, nor have I ever known spangles to come out of the sky. But they can't have come from the sky, reasoned Tiger, for how could they have passed through the roof of the tent? Then, as if to prove Tiger wrong, there came a second and even greater shower than before. This time there were so many spangles that they fairly tinkled as they fell, while mingling with their tinkling was a rippling laugh that sounded like silver bells played all in a row. And, of all marvelous things, the voice came from the depths of the great red and golden home that belonged to Giraffe. Instantly all eyes were turned toward the house on the wheels. At that very same moment its doors swung apart, and there, framed by the opening, stood the pretty lady with the blue, blue eyes. Even as the animals stared in open-mouthed wonder, their golden-haired visitor threw back her head and laughed until from her eyes came tears, as glistening as the spangles that dotted the ground. Then she stopped quite as suddenly as she had begun, and putting her left foot behind her and the tip of one finger to the tip of her chin, made so graceful a curtsy that all the animals found themselves trying to do the very same thing, though it must be confessed that some of them made a rather awkward job of it. As for Diggledy Dan, he made the very grandest bow that any clown ever made. While taking his cue from Dan, Lion put one paw to his heart and said in very solemn tones, Dear lady, we one and all bid you welcome, though how you got here we are at an entire loss to know. Why, answered the pretty lady as she tripped from the doorway to where Lion stood, I came in under the wall near the end. I went right past your nose, kangaroo. In fact, I think you were napping. And at that, you may be sure a certain animal looked very foolish. Then, she continued, I hid in Giraffe's house and after you were seated, began tossing spangles through the window near the top. You see, I always carry a bag of them that I may sprinkle the sunset whenever I pass. So you do live at Sunset House, said Diggledy Dan, just over the hill where the sky turns to pink. The balloons and the message came in through my window last night. Goodness, you didn't forget to bring them back, did you? Monkey, cried Lion reprovingly, for you might have guessed who had spoken. But the lady only laughed at the question. Indeed I did not, she replied, and with that she gave three quick claps with her hands, while from somewhere in galloped the white white horse. And there, clasped to a buckle of his snowy trappings, were the balloons that had gone over the hill. Soon they were taken to where Monkey had found them. But alas, the next moment the lady had leaped to her place and was gone down the tent like a shot. No, no, cried all the animals. Please, please don't go away. Oh, please don't, wailed Monkey. I didn't mean to be rude when I asked about the balloons. I'm not going away, the lady laughed back. I'm just combing my hair and the mane and the tail of my white, white horse. And around the great circle the two of them sped, then stopped in front of the animals again. You see, said the lady as she tossed back her curls, combs and brushes are so much bother that we never carry them, but just let the rush of the wind take their place. But now that is done, pray tell me why you sent for me and what I'm to do. Tell us a story, cried Ostrich. 
about two Botans, suggested Little Black Bear. Yes, yes, chimed all the rest, about two Botan. Very well, nodded the lady, and leaning forward on the back of the white, white horse, with her chin cupped in one hand, she began. Many years ago, so very many that there are not enough stripes on Zebra's sides, nor yet on his ears to count them, there lived in faraway jungle land a very wise monkey named Vargu. In those days, the different animals mingled not at all, each being content to keep solely to the company of his very own kind. Now one day, this monkey named Vargu was seated in the fork of a tree, quite lost in deep thought, when a leopard trotted by underneath. Spying the leopard, Pretty lady, pretty lady, Diggledy Dan interrupted. Dan, cried Lion. But the watch, the pedal watch, it's closing, answered the clown in despair. Goodness, so it is, echoed the lady. But you shall not miss the story, for I will come again on the morrow. With the twilight I'll come. Until then, fare you well. And with that, she was gone like a flash to the dusk, while the animals all hurried back to their places, each wondering what it was they were to hear the next day of the very wise monkey named Vargu. End of chapter 7